Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about the science of cognitive bias, how scientists may have found a way to turn your body into a battery, and how the first 3D-printed school in Europe is about to be built in Ukraine. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. There's a common belief that people don't form opinions until they have access to all the facts surrounding them. But a recent study has revealed the exact opposite is true, particularly when it comes to politics. People are far more likely to form opinions based on emotions like fear, contempt, and anger than on facts. Okay, not to sound cynical, but that's part of why some politicians are more successful than others, right? The ability to cut to the core of people's anxieties and promise them ways to not be anxious about those things anymore is a really effective ability. Yeah, absolutely. New facts don't change people's minds, but confirmation of a deeply held belief will make people double down on that belief. I mean, that makes sense. Our worldviews are shaped early on during childhood by our parents, teachers, neighbors, friends, and so on. But according to this study, why is it so hard to accept any kind of, I guess you'd call it a challenge to the beliefs we hold? Well, it's because that challenge is just as antagonistic as the word challenges. It feels like an attack on your personal identity. And what do you do when you're attacked? You defend yourself. This is actually related to a cognitive bias every person inherently has, where any evidence that goes against something we believe is automatically rejected because it feels wrong to us. I feel like there's a name for that. There is. It's belief perseverance. It doesn't matter how compelling the facts we're presented with are, whether it's from the news or social media or even one-on-one conversations. We're all likely to fall into this at some point. I... No, no. I've got a deeply held belief that everyone can be open-minded, so I reject your evidence fully. Ha, ha. <laughs> very funny, Callie. But this is especially true for political and personal beliefs. It happens a lot with hot-button issues like abortion or gun control, no matter what side of the argument you're on. And when you double down on your beliefs after being presented with opposing information, you experience something called a backfire effect. And much like when a car backfires, the backfire effect can be potentially explosive. Right. But there's more to it than belief perseverance and backfire effects. It's also confirmation bias, which is the natural tendency we all have to seek out information or interpret things in a way that supports our beliefs. It makes us interact with people we share interests and ideologies with or consume media that reinforces our biases. There are news sources on both sides, and if you're not aware of your own biases, it can lead to errors in judgment because it takes away your ability to look at a situation objectively. Okay, uh, give me an example. Well, the study cites a 2016 Gallup poll that followed a two-week period following the 2016 election. Before the election, Republicans thought the economy was doing badly, but Democrats thought the economy was flourishing. In just two weeks, the position completely flipped. Republicans thought the economy was great, and Democrats thought it had tanked. Is it even possible for an economy to tank that quick? Not really, and that's the point. The only difference here was a changing of the guard. When the poll started, a Democrat was president, and when it ended, a Republican was president. I honestly can't think of a clearer example of confirmation bias. It's still so weird, though. Why do you think this happened? As always, the answer is science. 
our brains just want to protect us. Sometimes that means doubling down on our beliefs, because winning a debate or argument can trigger a flood of hormones like dopamine and adrenaline. Winning is comparable in our brains to the pleasure we get from eating, roller coaster rides, and even sex. And all those can be joyous feelings that make us want more. Okay, so that makes sense. Conversely, our bodies release another hormone when we're stressed out called cortisol that takes control of advancing thinking, reason, and logic. It makes us feel threatened. That's why in political debates, you see people raise their voices and tense up. Okay, you're right. Um, but there's got to be a way to change it, right? There sure is, and it's pretty simple. Tell yourself to keep an open mind, then seek out new information from as many perspectives as possible. And yes, there are some issues that both sidesing, as they call it, don't pertain to, but that's another thing you can figure out through open-mindedness. Like trusting healthcare professionals in light of a global pandemic? Duh. <laughs> and by still retaining at least a bit of skepticism, we can also seek out who's more trustworthy. For example, if a social media personality is saying something interesting, but nobody reputable agrees with their claims, then what we can do is figure out whether the person is feeding into their own biases or if they have a vested interest in spreading misinformation. Okay, so recap. Keep all perspectives in mind, remain open-minded, but be sure to spot a con artist for who they are. Exactly. If our bodies generate and use energy, something a battery does, wouldn't it make sense for humans to be used as batteries? That's the subject of a new study out of Singapore that has figured out that very question. For starters, why do you think humans should even be batteries? Have you I been mean, watching The Matrix? No, why not? Listen, while we walk, run, or even breathe, we move. If we had a system capable of collecting and storing that energy, we could use it to, say, charge our phones. Okay, duly noted. How would this even work? I feel like you're being a little bit skeptical, but bear with me. The concept is actually pretty simple. It's clothing. More specifically, a coat. The team of researchers actually created a piece of cloth, three centimeters by four centimeters, that generated enough energy to power 100 LED lights. And even after washing, folding, and crumpling the fabric, it worked perfectly for five months. Whoa. How does it work? A polymer. Specifically, one of the main components is a piece of polymer that converts mechanical stress into electricity when it gets pressed or stretched or squeezed whenever it comes into contact with another surface. You know what surface is right next to clothes? Skin. And the reason the polymer works so well is because it's rubber-like in texture, so it's stronger, more flexible, and more importantly, it's waterproof. That's quite an idea. How did they build something like this? First, they screen printed a pattern of electrodes onto some material made of silver and a chemical called styrene ethylene butylene styrene, which I'm definitely just going to call SEBS for short. Mm. Combine those two and you get something that feels like the foam rubber you'd find on a bicycle hand grip. Then they attach the electrode to a piece of nanofiber made up of a few different chemicals. Which chemicals? <sighs> Dang it, Nate. Okay, listen, they're called... Polyvinylidene fluoride cohexafluoropropylene, or PVDF HPF for short, and perovskites, which are calcium titanium oxide minerals. Okay, that's a lot of letters. <laughs> yeah. What do they what do they do? So the PVDF HPF produce the electrical charge whenever the material is stretched or pressed. And when it's combined with the perovskite, it becomes more stable, even crystal-like in structure. But more importantly, the combination of the two increases the electrical output. By how much? 
This prototype fabric alone, which remember is only a few centimeters wide, is capable of generating two and a half watts of electricity per square meter. To put that even more simply, enough electricity to make sure your phone never dies. Okay, that sounds cool. I'm surprised something like this hasn't been invented sooner. Uh, actually, human motion-powered electricity isn't new. For example, there's an arts district in Las Vegas that's already using pedestrian footsteps to power its lighting. A nightclub in Glasgow announced last year that it was going to use energy from its dancers to power its heating and cooling systems. Even in clothing, there are a number of ways to charge using small wires and circuitry installed in the seams. So what makes this fabric different? Oh, for starters, it's the only known version that can safely be crushed into a drawer or even washed. On top of that, it lasts longer, is less bulky, and all in all, is a more convenient way for people to have electrical charging fabric on their bodies. So how soon will I be able to throw away all of my chargers and buy these clothes? It's still in the prototype stage, but assuming it all works out, we could see something like this hit the market in just a few years. At this point, we've talked a lot on this show about the miracles of 3D printing and just how far people are willing to go to create something from seemingly nothing. From guns to bridges, it's starting to seem like you can 3D print anything. I've actually been working on my own 3D printed Iron Man suit. It's the Mark 85, which is the suit he wears in the very last movie he's in. It's looking really good, I think. I just finished painting it and wore it for the first time. It's, it's, it looks like Iron Man, and it's made from 3D-printed plastic. <laughs> it's the coolest. <laughs> uh, that being said, what if instead of cosplay, 3D printing could be used to fix something important that's broken, like, say, buildings destroyed during a war? I mean, Nate, I'd say if you're trying to fix something, you already can. You're literally Iron Man at this point, so you can save the day. The end. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Curiosity. I'll miss you. But... Jokes aside, that would be really cool if it could happen. Okay, well, again, cosplay. <laughs> Still working on nanotech flight super strength and all the other gadgets it's got. But the good news is that in this case, it's not an if that could happen, it's when. Because there's a nonprofit organization called Team for Humanity that's been focused since the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on delivering food, medical supplies, and hygiene products to Ukrainians. To date, they've helped over 100,000 people, but they weren't focused on helping rebuild infrastructure at first. See, over 2,000 of Ukraine's 17,000 schools have been damaged or completely destroyed. By June of 2022, nearly 3 million children were displaced from their schools. It's a real disaster. So as Ukrainians begin to migrate over to the more relatively safe city of Lviv, Team for Humanity decided they're going to help rebuild. And the easiest way to do that is through 3D printing. I mean, it's a little bittersweet because this is such a tragedy for those kids. But it's so amazing that people are capable of coming together like this. But you know 3D printing better than I do at this point. What makes 3D printing the easier way to rebuild infrastructure? Well, I think you actually own more 3D printers than I do. <laughs> I mean, I do, but you've used yours more. <laughs> all right, all right. So the 3D printing, it's faster and it's more efficient in terms of energy for what they're doing. Team for Humanity is using 15 3D printers to begin the initial construction of the buildings before they start training Ukrainians on how to use the printers to recycle debris of destroyed buildings into new materials. Usually during humanitarian projects that rebuild infrastructure during wartime, new buildings take weeks or months to put together and are often temporary, 
with little insulation to offer any comfort in times of extreme weather. But these buildings are designed to be more eco-friendly and energy efficient, incorporating recycled water systems and solar panels to produce renewable energy, energy that's shared between all of the homes. And by 3D printing the buildings, they're built to last in just a matter of two days. Wait, back up. I'm sorry. I thought you just said two days. Mm. Seriously? Yes. That is really fast. Well, what's even more impressive is Team for Humanity's Back to UA program. This was launched in tandem with the Renewable House Initiative, and it offers transportation assistance for people returning to Ukraine, all while catering to the daily needs of citizens, but particularly children in school. Considering the war has displaced 7 million children from school and counting, this is huge. Plus, by training Ukrainians on how to recycle debris for the printers, the possibilities are limitless. It's not just schools. They can rebuild homes, bridges, warehouses, and so on. Okay, it is amazing that Team for Humanity is doing this, but I mean, I'm still a little bit sad. I've never heard of anyone else doing anything like this. Well, get ready to feel a little bit better because even though we haven't heard of them all, they're not the only ones. Earlier this year, ICE Industrial Services, a Czech firm, revealed that they're going to help rebuild Ukraine through 3D printing too. Though they're going to be 3D printing with a concrete printhead to rebuild the country's border posts. Aside from infrastructure, the company Bond3D has 3D printed tourniquet parts for medicinal purposes, and a few other companies have backed an initiative called Tech Against Tanks that calls for funding in producing and distributing 3D printed medical, tactical, and protective gear across the country. Okay, that's actually amazing and does make me feel a little bit better. But at the time we're recording this, November 2022, the war in Ukraine is ongoing. Is there a chance that all of these plans can be interrupted because of the war? Well, unfortunately, yeah, it absolutely can be interrupted. Even as recently as October 2022, Russian missiles were still being launched into Ukraine, including into the relatively safe haven of Lviv. This has created a blackout in the city that's temporarily delayed construction. But Team for Humanity is undeterred and plans to begin construction as soon as power is restored. Okay, I'm just saying, you do have an Iron Man suit, and there is a country in need, so maybe it's time to, uh, let's see, what are the words? Assemble? <laughs> My suit is made of plastic. All the technology it has is one Arduino <laughs> that, like, opens the mask and closes it again. It's it better has, than most people have. Unfortunately, has no superpowers. <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean, it's not the worst idea, but jokes aside... I don't think I need to play superhero when Ukraine has some actual superheroes 3D printing their infrastructure. All right, I'll cheer them on instead. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. You might think that having all the facts would help someone change their mind, but you also might be surprised to learn that a recent study says that's not the case. In fact, the opposite is usually true. Opinions change opinions as well as emotions. The solution to this? staying open-minded and respectful to as many viewpoints as possible, at least within moral reason. Scientists are working on creating a fabric that uses energy from the human body to create electricity. It's just a prototype, but the cloth has the ability to be a human-powered battery strong enough to charge your phone for the rest of your life. In response to the ongoing war in Ukraine, a nonprofit has started creating what will be the first 3D-printed school in Europe. 
The project will use 15 3D printers to create the structure, and the result will be an eco-friendly and secure school for kids in Ukraine. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 